You're listening to the Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Better Man Podcast. Adam Tarno here. Got Chris Harper in studio. Chris, we're going to have another conversation today about loving and protecting God's woman. And really for our jumping off point, we're going to read a quote from, or you're going to read a quote from a book that you're reading right now called The Masculine Mandate by Richard Phillips. Uh, Before we hit record on this episode, you read it to me and um, it hurts. So just everybody be beware right now. If you're driving, just make sure grip the steering wheel with two hands. Uh, keep your eyes on the road uh, as you listen to this. But uh, no, all kidding aside, it's it's a phenomenal um, mindset, very countercultural, but I think it'll give us some good stuff to talk about today. So why don't you read it? Amen, brother. It's one of those things that like when you read it, you just have to stop. And uh, it it in a lot of ways just just froze me. So this is what is what Richard Phillips says. It's a it's a book called The Masculine Mandate. And he says and I quote, "I used to think that if a man came into my house to attack my wife, I would certainly stand up to him. But then I came to realize that the man who enters my house and assaults my wife every day is me through my anger, my harsh words, my complaints and my indifference." As a Christian, I came to realize that the man I needed to kill in order to protect my wife was myself as a sinner. Yeah. And bro, you read that, you let that resonate, and you're like, Richard's right. Yeah. Richard's right. I mean, I live in a, I live in an upper middle class neighborhood, far from a lot of dangers and scariness of the world. The reality is, the most dangerous person in my home is me. Yeah, which is really interesting. I mean, you just, again, I, I've been living with this quote for all of uh, four minutes, right? So, But these are some of the gut reactions, and I think, that, that come out with it. If we think about just as men being protectors of the home, right, noble, that's good, God put that in us, a lot of things we do. I mean, selling fear right now is big, big business. So we can, some of us will, uh, a lot of us will have home security systems, we put up fences, we put up gates. Maybe we move to different neighborhoods that we believe are going to be safer. Uh, some of us will go farther with, um, you know, maybe having firearms in the home or self-defense classes or whatever it is. I think I had heard somebody somebody took a concealed handgun license class and came home and said, you know, if you just put an American flag in front of your house, the stats show that you have a lower likelihood of of home intrusion because because they believe you probably have a gun in there or something ridiculous like <laughs> that right. so and a flag next to it says don't tread on that's me. right like, like your home is safe, <laughs> safe. <laughs> so strange so there's just free advice for our listeners uh, uh-huh. just go get an american flag but the point being we we put all this effort as men on protecting the home or thinking about life insurance yeah uh or home insurance we just protect 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 or i'm going to save for the future yeah he found the loophole that's it he found it where where we may be neglecting what that really looks like, or we're misdiagnosing what the real threat is. Oh, Adam. and oftentimes the threat may be us. Yeah, that's that's such a good word, man. Could you imagine a world where every time you spoke harshly to your wife, you complained? Every time you were indifferent, the ADT sensor went off oh my and gosh. sent somebody to your home. <laughs> <laughs> would be amazing. <laughs> would it be phenomenal? 
<laughs> so someone's knocking on your yeah. door, right? We had we we had an alarm. <laughs> okay, let's keep going with that because we've got some uh, we've got some situations in our neighborhood right now where there has been police activity two or three times. Yeah. Guess what everybody's talking about in what, our neighborhood? What's that? Is the police activity. 100%. Right? Because it's so visible. It's so noticeable. So That's you're right. right. Could you imagine <laughs> how much activity? We're like getting into Minority Report right now or some sci-fi. It's coming. So Maybe it's coming with AI where they're going to be able to figure all that out if Elon Musk gets his way with the the, yeah. the chip or whatever he's going after. But, uh, but for us right now here today, what a great quote for us to think about and how convicting that is. And so, all right, so you're reading that, it stops you in your tracks. That is a, a, that's a form of humility because somebody is drawing the circle around themselves and going, okay, yeah, it's right and appropriate for me to think about all the enemies without, but let's think about the enemies within right now. And I am the chief of those enemies. And that's a humbling thing to do. So what, what were like, what were some of the implications in your life after uh, thinking through this? Yeah. First, like the whole ADT image. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like someone coming to my house every time, you know, I neglected my wife, neglected my family, spoke harshly. I thought, man, ADT only knows so much. God sees everything. That's good. So like, I forget sometimes that the careless words that I speak, um, the promises I don't keep, right? The indifference I show to my wife and family. Like, I think no one in my neighborhood sees that. And for the most part, they don't. But what does that matter? Like, God sees it all. So that that was the first wake-up call. It was a reminder saying, hey, Chris, like, you're doing nothing in secret. Like, God knows all this. Um, so sitting under the weight of that um, was a part of, of what kind of stopped me in my tracks, so, so God knows that, that I'm chief enemy number one. Yeah. And then the second thought was, okay, what am I doing to kill that man? Mm-hmm. Like what am, I, what am I actively doing every day to make sure when I come home, I'm not emotionally, I'm not spiritually, I'm not psychologically damaging my family. And uh, man, I don't, I came to the realization, I don't, I don't have a lot of great habits. Mm like a lot of great habits. And when you say habits, are you talking about, because I mean, one of our recent episodes talked about you're waking up super early in the morning, you're drinking yeah. your Celsius, you're going to the gym. 100%. So that's disciplines. Yeah. Are you talking about habits and disciplines being different? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm talking about everything you mentioned, which is true. I do all those things, but they're all self-serving. Okay. Um, and it's good, like exercise, eat right, like you should do all those For things. Sure. But it doesn't matter if you're in the pinnacle of your health and your wife is dying emotionally. Yeah. So when I talk about like habits for my family and my wife, like like what am I doing to make sure that I'm promoting the emotional health and the spiritual health and the psychological health of my kids and, and my wife? And I just don't think about those things yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is, it's hard because um, there's not easy answers for some of that sometimes. Right. And if my fear on asking those questions sometimes is it, it's going to involve change. 100%. And um, I, I was reading last night, and I thought this was – I don't know why I haven't connected these dots, but a lot of times uh, what we're looking for, or uh, one of the authors was talking about this book, about we like change that's all upside. Oh, wow. But if there's ever any downside to the change, that's where there's typically some – resistance. I think that's true in my life. If it's uh, a change that all seems like it's going to be fun and 
lead to more money, more time. That's right. Go to, oh, okay, that's all upside. Let's go do that. But the ones that involve some change or some loss, I'm a little bit slower to act on. Yeah, it's, it's such a good word. One of, the, one of the ways I've come to realize I've been assaulting my wife and family over the last few years is, is my complaining. Um, I came to own the fact that I'm a complainer. A piece of that is I have four kids under the age of 11, as you know, so it's always wheels off of my house. I hate for my house to be in dis- disarray. Yeah. Like, I love ordered things. Well, when you have when you have four kids under the age of 11, two toddlers, like, it's always wheels off. Yeah. There's always toys and socks and shoes, and and here's here, here's what I came to notice. So Legos are big in my house. So what would happen is I would come home or late at night – you know, I would be walking around and I would step on a Lego. There is nothing more painful than stepping on a Lego in the middle of the night. You will lose your witness. It's real. But Adam, here's what I realized. Because I had become accustomed to doing that, every day when I came home, I started looking for Legos. And I, I missed all the good. Like I would come home, I would look for Legos instead of realizing my three-year-old who was screaming, Daddy, I love you. I'm so happy home running to greet me. And I would focus on the fact that there were more Legos on the floor than the good that was going on. And I would just complain and complain and complain, man. And, and my complaining, man, stopped me from seeing the good. So a few months ago, I, I, I looked at my wife, I repented, and I said, hey, I'm going to stop looking for Legos. I'm just going to stop looking for Legos. Yeah. And I'm going to start practicing the art of looking for the good. Yeah, that's so and good. And trying to focus on that. Since doing that, man, my complaining has been cut in half. Just with Legos. Just with Legos, man. Yeah. Just stop looking for the Legos and start looking for what's good. Yeah. I've noticed, and my wife even reaffirmed a few weeks ago, man, you're complaining a lot less. Hmm. It was so encouraging, right? Now, don't get me wrong. I still complain about some things. Yeah, for right? sure. Because I've got to gotta kill that spirit. But, man, I'm complaining a lot less now that I'm actually looking for the good and not always looking for the bad. I like that. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have more. I just would have. Uh, worn shoes more often that would have helped right. me <laughs> just don't be barefoot <laughs> that's that's You're the easiest so way to do it <laughs> but in the middle of the night who wants to put on shoes that's right you're getting up and, and walking around so that's right uh no that that's excellent so okay so we've got yeah just this indifferent so trying to practice some habits I mean, yeah. did you read that to your wife and just say? And again, let's let's be clear about one thing here. This is to say you're assaulting your wife. I mean, right. this is uh, we're talking metaphorically here, 100%. right? You're not assaulting her, but these are uh, us not bringing our best. That's right. To and and stewarding our our wives and and this relationship really yeah. well. So and 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 here's the deal on that. Like physical abuse is atrocious. Like it's atrocious, but sometimes like mental abuse. And psychological abuse, especially spiritual abuse, can be just as harmful. And again, I don't think we give enough weight to that. Like we will, we'll we'll throw stones and condemn the man that physically abuses his wife, rightly so. But we're not so quick to judge the guy that's spiritually, emotionally, psychologically neglecting his family. And and that guy is causing as much harm as the other guy. And and I just came to that realization. Um, and I don't want to be that guy. Like I don't want to be the biggest threat in my home. So whether it's whether it's 
not complaining, whether it's being more attentive, being in greater proximity to my family. Like I'm looking at ways not to be a threat. I don't want to be a threat. That's good. Okay, I got as we wrap up, I've got an idea of maybe something that the uh, listeners can do. So the the quote listed four or five different words. Uh, indifference was one of them. Can you read those words again? Because what I think would be good for for the listeners to do is think of each of these words and give themselves a ranking of scale of like one to four. Okay. So four is maybe this is a big area of concern for me or an area where I need to get better. One is I'm, 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 that's probably not a struggle for me. Rank yourself on a scale of one to four and then share that with your wife and ask her to, to rate you on a scale of one to four. Oh, so and good, then, bro. then you, uh, Discussion will ensue, I'm sure, at that point. So uh, what, what's the list of those words again? Absolutely. So he said, he said every day he's in danger of assaulting his wife through his anger. Anger. Through his harsh words. All right, harsh words. Through his complaining. Complaining. And through his indifference. Indifference. How would you describe indifference? I think I've, I've got an idea, but if you were going to just say this is what indifference looks like. Yeah, like checking out. Yeah. Just vegging on the couch, watching TV while you're watching. On your phone, whatever. On, yeah. on your phone, setting out back. That's just, good. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there it is. So anger, harsh words, complaining, indifference. So how do you feel like you're doing? And then you can you can figure out one of these is maybe your go-to ditch. This is the one where you're maybe causing the most damage in the home. And then, and then ask your spouse. And I mean, listen, if you want extra credit points, ask your kids and just, Hey, I want to get better at this. So which one, if you were going to be encouraging me, would you encourage me to get better? And you may be surprised and encouraged uh, that, that what you think is like, maybe for you, if you're sitting there going, yeah, complaining is my number one. Uh, you may be surprised. We're like, oh, yeah, we don't, we don't see that. We think you're pretty good about that. But the indifference maybe is it. So there may be surprising good and bad, but it could lead to some really great conversation. Yeah. And, and, and the guy that's listening and thinking, you know, because I think immediately as men, our minds go to anger. Yep. And the guy that's like, well, I've got that anger thing under control. It's amazing how anger can look like indifference. Yep. It's, I mean, there's a fine line between those two things, right? At the fear of getting angry, you just, you just become indifference, right? So the opposite of love isn't hate. Mm. Hate takes passion. Like to hate something, you have to be passionate about it. Yeah, you got to be fired up. The opposite of love is indifference. Yep. It's just not caring. No, I like that. And I, I think more men today, um, fall into that indifferent category mm-hmm. than they do the anger category. We just always talk about the anger category because yep. you know it's more biblical or whatever, yeah. right? But it's really the indifference that's killing our homes. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. All right, Richard Phillips, Masculine Mandate. That's Come a good on. quote. Uh, Chris, as always, great stuff. Good to be with you. Yeah, brother, see you next time. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Better Man Podcast. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, or if you just want to learn more about the Better Man experience, head on over there to betterman.com. This episode, like every episode of the Better Man Podcast, was produced and edited by the team over there at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time.